Guys, it's time for another episode of the MI Ice Guys, podcasting hard water fishing in the Great Lakes State. Hey guys, it's the MI Ice Guys. Chaz and stuff here doing the virtual recording thing again. This has really worked out, and uh, I heard a couple of feedbacks from people that uh, they thought the auto quality was just fine. So uh, I think we're going to proceed with this. Heck yeah. Uh, when the pizza place gets going, though, we got to go to the studio that's above the pizza place so we can get pizza and a beer. For sure. Uh, but uh, we just thought we'd uh, touch base with you guys. We got some news about local stuff going on. We've got uh, a little later in the show, we're going to talk a recap about our adventure going to Minnesota. And then uh, we're going to talk about some upcoming tournament stuff and some uh, secret news that I haven't even told Steph yet, but maybe one of our other buddies has. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking with you guys and sharing a bunch of these experiences and things. But the big news, I guess, is this super cold snap. It's making some great ice. <clears throat> I talked to Uncle Myron the other day, and for those of you that don't remember, Myron Gilbert, he's a longtime fishing captain. He does uh, charters for walleye in the spring. And in the fall, he does salmon charters, but then he also serves as the coach for the USA World Ice Fishing Team. And Uncle Myron is a wealth of knowledge about fishing, but he lives down by Jackson. Now, a lot of you guys uh, listen from down that way, and you know that the past couple of years, ice has been sketchy. And Uncle Myron told me he's put less miles on his truck than any other year in recent history because the lakes all froze and he's getting out to some uh, great little lakes that he's been not able to get onto recently. So that was great news to hear from him and that there's safe ice down there around Jackson. And as you get down towards the border of our great state, uh, there was actually even some news, uh, Steph, you heard from your buddy up there in Munising. Yeah. Up there in Munising, the guys have been, the perch grounds are froze up nicely. So they're getting limits of perch and getting the occasional splake when they run through and a few whiteies. Yeah, and so that's great news that the bays on Lake Superior are freezing up. Just got to be careful. Those boys in Duluth got a rude awakening the other day when their chunk of ice got blown out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you always got to be careful about those sort of things. Uh, yep. Fortunately, Munising's kind of more of a protected bay. Yeah, you got the big island locking you in. But uh, still, big water means big trouble if you're not very careful. So mm -hmm. uh, we always recommend go with somebody that knows it, a guide or somebody experienced that's local. When you get out on those big bodies of water, even the lakes like Houghton Lake and Higgins Lake can experience some of those kinds of things. So just be careful out there. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw on our trip a little later, but I know that the guys have been getting out on Reeds Lake and getting into some crappie. I've been hearing good things from uh, Myers Lake and Murray Lake. Uh, you been getting any reports, Steph? Uh, a couple of reports. I went with Norm down to Duck Lake, and we caught some of the nice big red ears down there and had fun. Oh, red ears are a fun, fun fish to catch. Uh, that's great. I talked to Keith, our buddy, the other day, and he says that the tournament – it's so over there near Lansing are going great. And uh, Keith Niffin out there on Facebook uh, 
you can hook up with him. And if you're interested in doing some of the more small scale uh, tournaments, they do walking tournaments. Uh, they typically don't take the machines. And some of them, they've even prohibited the big electronics. So they're keeping it a little more low key on their tournaments. And the big news I have is that Keith wants to start a tournament series next year that steps it up and do a statewide version of the NAIFC where we're allowed to ride our vehicles on the lakes that are going to handle it and do the eight and eight format. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And I've offered to help him out with the, the technical things, you know, website and da, 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 things like that. And we might even introduce electronic scoring into that one. Uh, it could be a lot of fun to share with everybody that as the news comes out about it, we'll make sure to include it. But uh, I know that uh, a lot of people are getting out this weekend. I want you to still be careful out there because there are still some pockets there might be some reeds or vegetation real close to the surface that can uh, cause you some issues. And we all remember sometimes we've even watched the DNR go through mm -hmm. uh, because they went in a place where you really shouldn't have driven. And <laughs> they got a side-by-side, -side, uh, I think, how deep was it? Fender high? Oh, I was buried, yeah. Buried in the cattails. So uh, be careful around those areas and out in... Uh, areas where you don't see tracks and such still do your good due diligence and check the ice stay on and the beaten path watch for any flowing water and known springs are going to be weak spots in the ice yeah just a few weeks ago steph and i were out uh there in that uh land of lakes chain on little muscalunge and we were fishing only probably 40 feet from open water mm -hmm. but we were still on a safe five inches of ice yeah, and so, just four days before that, people were walking across that point. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it just the wind changed and it opened it right back up. Wind and there's a creek that flows through there. All those yep. factors can come into changing ice conditions very quickly. Now, you get out on certain bodies of lake, and for those of the listeners that live north of Staff, and you drill a hole and you start thinking, maybe I should have brought the auger, you're probably going to be okay to get out there and have some fun and take the kids with you. Always fun to take the kids out and uh, teach them our favorite passion. So they continue it on forever and make sure that the great lake state is always known as the great ice fishing state. Uh, some other people I've talked to are telling me that a lot of the great lakes are not the great lakes, but the wonderful lakes uh, around Kalamazoo getting firmed up. So yeah. there's a lot of great fishing going on. Get down to your local bait shop. Make sure you keep those boys in business because that's where you're going to get live bait. And if you don't buy some stuff from them once in a while, if you eBay everything and Amazon everything, those poor guys aren't going to be there when you need to go buy some minnows or spikes or whatever. So, Make sure you go in and check out those guys. Talk to them. See what's going on. They often have a great fishing report. Yeah, the Saginaw River is freezing up. We're going to try that this weekend. I'm heading up there with my brother. 
Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to be over by Ionia this weekend uh, doing some activities. So I think we're looking forward to getting some great fishing reports back from this weekend. And it's just a great time to be in Michigan. This cold weather, dress for it. Yeah, especially this weekend. (laughs) Oh, yes. This weekend is going to be brutal cold. If you guys are up uh, in the UP, you know, last weekend started to bite you guys. Well, it's coming to the rest of the state super serious uh so take some advice have the dry bucket along now steph and i we take it we call it the spares bucket or the dry bucket we have always a set of extra big mittens in there you know extra hat things like that if somebody gets cold gets their fingers cold uh recently i'll tell them more about it later but i had to work on some delicate stuff i had to take my gloves off in some severe wind, my hands and fingers got super cold. Um, I know Steph dogs on me about them, but those mm-hmm. little heat packs, they can come in real handy. And I'll pass on a tri- trick to you guys. I, I know I've told it before, but if you put them down on the uh, your wrist, on the underside of your wrist, and use a rubber band or a wristband or something to hold them in place, that's where the blood flows out to your hand the best. And if you put that on and then put your jacket or sweatshirt on over it to hold that in place, that can keep your hands pretty warm because it's going to warm the blood as it goes out there to your fingers. And it's a real good way to, you know, when you're tying a jig on or something like that. But I think this weekend might be the weekend to take the shelters. You might want to pop out your hub style. What are you guys taking up there to Saginaw stuff? I'm uh, taking a the big blood from my garage. Oh, so, cool. And putting the hub in while I jig him. Nice, nice. Glad to hear it. Well, guys, when we come back, we're going to tell you about our adventure in Minnesota. We had just an awesome time over there. So stay tuned. We're going to take a short break and be right back with you. Hey guys, Jazz here from the MIIs guys. I want to talk to you about K&E Stopper Lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Hey guys, it's Chaz and Steph, and we're back. More importantly, we're back from Minnesota. Yes, we made it. We survived. (laughs) Oh, man. For those of you that didn't hear our last episode, we were talking about taking our uh, adventure to the west, uh, the northwest. Some uh, old friends of ours that uh, we used to work with and uh, known for a great many years moved back to Minnesota, and then they bought a house on Big Sandy Lake. It's a reservoir outside of McGregor, Minnesota. They invited us to come out. Steph and I said, Michigan bars are closed. There ain't nothing to do here. The ice south of Grand Rapids is sketchy. Let's go to Minnesota. We got time. So we jumped in my truck. We put the trailer on the back with the commander and loaded up all kinds of gear. And uh, what did it take us? 13, 
13 and a half hours to get out there. Yeah, I got 13 hours. But as soon as we got into Wisconsin and saw a bar that had a nice open sign, we pulled in and had. The beer lights were on. (laughs) Yeah. We had beer and a burrito and some appetizers that were Mm -hmm. absolutely huge. Delicious. And uh, right there on the shore of Lake Superior. And uh, what city was that in? I think we were in Ashland. Yeah, we were in Ashland. Yeah. Right up from the uh, park beach there off us two but if you guys are passing through ashland that mexican restaurant had some good food and uh healthy servings mm-hmm. it was rather impressive well then we continued on over to mcgregor and uh found our friend's house got parked and went and had some cocktails and the next morning we set off with advice from summer fishermen <laughs> Summer fishermen have this misconception that fish hang out where they were in the summer. Not always the Not case. Not always. Nope. Uh, so as a result, we did a lot of exploring. And it kind of brought me back to the way that the guys explore for an NAIFC tournament. Drill, drill, drill. <laughs> scan, scan, scan. It's a, that big sandy is 6,500 acres, so we had lots of water to play with. Yeah, it's something like a thousand miles of shoreline or something obscene like that. You guys can look it up on Wikipedia. But uh, yeah, they told us go down to this other bay, cross over the peninsula, and there's a point out there, and uh, you'll find crappie out there as big as your arm. <laughs> well, we drove over there, and Steph, we jumped out. We were ready to go. I grabbed an auger. Steph grabbed an auger. Steph says, hold on a minute. He drills a hole and puts down the live scope and pans it around. And he was set on the 70-foot range. So that's a 140-foot diameter circle that he checked. There was one fish. (laughs) And by the time he swung back to it, that fish was gone. And... um, that was pretty much the story most of the day, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. On Big Sandy, that was about it. We found that one little school up by the walleye fisherman. And just a lot of single Roman fish. Yeah, so big water don't doesn't mean that you're going to get big schools of fish. It means that they're probably going to be scattered quite a bit. Yeah, they got any place they could be. And uh, they tell us that there's some structure out there and a lot of the guys we talked to told us that there was places out there where, oh, yeah, you'll go over there and you'll pound them. We went over and drilled a hole and we didn't see them. Drilled numerous holes, but yeah. We- so sticking with our friends' plans, we did that for two days pretty much. Uh, the second day we called it off early because the guys on snowmobiles came by and said, hey, there's a bar over there. <laughs> We said, okay. Okay, twist our arm. Yeah. And then the next morning, we unhooked the trailer and went down to a local bait shop, a place called Willie's. And the nice old ladies in there sold us uh, what they called larva, which we would call sparks or spikes. And uh, they had a great selection of some gear and snacks and different things in their bait shop and uh, plenty of selection of different sizes of minnows. Mm-hmm. And they told us, you're on the wrong lake. 
go on over there to Miniwawa or Round Lake. Well, we talked to a couple other people that night at the bar. Um, they said, yeah, if you go to Round Lake, you'll catch lots and lots of fish. They'll all be four inches long. So we went to Miniwawa and hunted around quite a bit. Finally settled on a spot. Sat down and Steph spotted a pot of fish. And he says, 30 feet that way. And he's like, no to the left, no to the left, no to the left. <laughs> right there. <laughs> right Drill. there. I drilled a hole. I sat down. First down, I got a 12-inch crappie. Now, granted, we had switched off of these big Minnesota baits and uh, minnows that everybody told us we had to have. And we had gone back to our Michigan tactics. And we just we had a lot of time to talk as we were going in the truck out there and stuff. And one of the th theories we came up with why there are so many great ice fishermen in the state of Michigan is because we've got to fight for these little picky, sneaky bugger fish. And we've got to run and hunt for them and really work these lakes. And we have so many different lakes. You know, it's not just one lake you go to and community holes, the jackpot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite the challenge. So mm -hmm. uh, we we decided we were going to revert back to our skills and the live scope and dialed in on them. And it was small schools, but they were big fish. And we were getting some that were 15. I think we had one that was knocking on the door of 17 inches when we cleaned fish. There are some big ones. They curled in the day of Sanko over there. Yeah, they were folded up in the bottom of a bucket. I mean, all the good signs that you just love to see. Uh, we had a fabulous time, but there weren't a lot of fish. And we'd have to move. Oh. And uh, we did that for several days. Our buddy Dave got to join us out there on the ice a couple of days. And uh, we had some adventures one day I broke a wire on my Markham. Uh, so mm -hmm. Dave strapped it to his snowmobile and rode two lakes over to a buddy's house who's a maintenance wizard, and they soldered it right up for me, came whipping back on the snowmobile, and we were back in business. That was awesome. Yeah. He knew a guy. <laughs> he knew a guy. And a lot of times that's what it is. You mm -hmm. know a guy. Um. Uh, then after that, we snuck back over to a spot where we, a basin where we'd found fish and caught fish for a couple of days. Yeah. And we found that structure. Steph drills a couple of holes. And our main procedure was that I stayed in the driver's seat of the commander and Steph stepped around back, drew a hole, put down the live scope and checked it. <clears throat> then he'd tell me whether to shut the engine off or not. And uh, we didn't bother shutting the engine off until we found fish to fish on. And when we did, he spotted the only structure that we found in that basin. Now, we're expecting that it was artificial. Somebody was sneaking something in there. Because oh, yeah. there happened to be a wheelhouse right over the top. But not completely. If, <laughs> not completely. Now, if you're unfamiliar with a wheelhouse... There are these trailers, mini RVs, I guess you could call them, that the people out in Minnesota have. They drag them out on the ice, 
and the wheels retract up so that the house sets down on the ice and they open up panels in the floor and drill holes and catch fish. And we saw all kinds of flavors and shapes of those things out there. But this one particular one, Steph's like, you know, there, 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 there. And I'm like, I'm going to move over two feet more because this wheelhouse is going to make a wind block for me. Because mm -hmm. some of these big lakes had some substantial wind. So cranking. he drilled another hole right behind me and we start, both started hitting fish. And I think that area held more fish than any spot we found all week. Yeah, that structure held them there. That was pretty nice. But the strange thing was is that we went back another day. <laughs> yeah, the next and day. The guy's, <laughs> the guy's cranking up the wheelhouse to take it off the ice. So we kind of hung back. You know, we didn't go drill holes around him while he was taking it off. And then when we went over there and drilled, the structure was there, but the fish weren't. Yeah, all the commotion, I think. Yeah. Probably scared them off. And they didn't have a chance to reload. And so we had to go <clears throat> another 100 yards another direction, found some fish. And Dave and Steph and I, we started catching fish again. Then all of a sudden, they stopped. <laughs> and the temperature dropped. Yeah, those things, they, they you could still mark a fish, but it just, you couldn't get it to move. It was jig, brutal. Jig, banging on the head, didn't move. It's like the ones that wanted to bite bit, but there were a few that just sat there and watched your stuff and like they were watching the, the big screen. <laughs> oh, there were some big rock stars that just shoot up from mm -hmm. five, six feet below. Or from out of the cone and shoot right into your sonar yeah. cone and bam, they hit that bait. And you're like, this is the way you want to fish. This is great. Mm -hmm. uh, but others, they just wouldn't play. So we ended up having a fish fry while we were out there, cleaned up a big mess of fish and put some in our friend's freezers and uh, got to go to several bars while we were out there. Minnesota, you know, kind of backwoods kind of places they were we had some fun met some totally awesome people we met some awesome people out on the ice yeah set uh, us up one, in their ice palace yeah one guy set us up in his ice <laughs> house there and let us fish and steph got a couple of cisco's out of there what did they call those things uh tulabies in minnesota they got different names for things <laughs> uh-huh we're like what's a tulabie <laughs> we looked at it we looked at it and i'm like that's a Cisco. Steph mm -hmm. pulled it up Wikipedia. Yep, that's a Cisco. <laughs> they call them Tulabies. I didn't get it. Then we met another guy. He talked to us. A lot of people were very, very friendly about walking right over when we drove up. And uh, I think that guy's wife hates Steph right now <laughs> because he probably just ordered a live scope. Mm -hmm. probably a couple people did yeah we were we were showing the live scope off quite a bit other people were pretty uh interested in looking at the commander and how we had that set up to fish and it worked out real great we had both of our hopper buckets in the back and then we had the live scope in there we had two drill based augers and miscellaneous other stuff we needed tossed in there and had plenty of room at one point we had dave's uh vexlar what do you have fl18 
Yeah. And his bucket in there as well, plus a bucket of minnows. Uh, it Having that side-by-side -side really made a difference for getting out on that big water and having the cargo area. Now, mm -hmm. I had taken the sled, but we didn't end up having to hook up the sled on the back. Uh, but we were prepared for it. Just in case. <laughs> we also did an audit of chicken wings at all the bars. That was fun. And gizzards. Uh, Gizzards, we had gizzards at a place. Oh, those were good. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then uh, we, on our last night there, we experienced something that I had never heard of. And Steph looked at me twice when I told him what it was. And he's like, what are you talking about, Willis? Mm -hmm. A meat raffle. Steph, tell him about a meat raffle. Well, those meat raffles are pretty slick. Um, they uh, they have a little board there with 30 tickets on it for a dollar a number. And they come around, the waitresses come around the tables until they sell their 30. And then they spin the wheel. And the first number that comes up is the meat number. And the second one's a free drink. And what was it, like the second draw in and Chaz won? Yeah. And what you'd win is the meat was uh, about 20 bucks worth of meat. Mm -hmm. So I want, went up and you got to pick out of a big pile of meat. There it is, yeah. you know, in the, in the seal it's packs, on, like you'd go to Meyer and find all on ice setting up there for your selection. I got six pounds of thick cut bacon. And this was some good bacon because we'd had <laughs> that brand of bacon the day before for breakfast. <laughs> and yeah, it was awesome. So there's this big old tray of bacon and then the other couple of spins go by and Steph wins. So he goes up and what, what was a big bunch of big pork chops? Yeah. The, the 10 pounds of bone in pork chops. They were nice looking. I was like, Hey, all right. And then we went and we, you know, a couple more beers and having a good time. They're keep selling tickets and, I don't know. I probably spent maybe eight, nine dollars the entire time. But then our friend Terry, she wins, and they were running low on meat, so she just grabbed a gift certificate yep. for the local meat market that was worth twenty bucks. Apparently, in Minnesota, nonprofits can run these meat markets. I've got to investigate it here in Michigan and find out what we got to do because this sounds like a blast that a lot of people would get into. Oh, it was a good time. But we had quite the adventure out there. And then Saturday morning, we uh, set off and went back over into Michigan to visit uh, a friend of mine, John Sitka. He's living up there. Any of you guys that fish on uh, Reeds Lake might know his dad, Big John Sitka, old AT&T guy. He sits out there in a one-man flipover a lot of times, right off the kayak ramp, catching bluegills reliable as ever mm -hmm. but uh it was young john's birthday weekend and so we decided we we're going to show up and celebrate his birthday drink some beer and the temperature dropped again uh-huh dropped severely and the wind picked up at one point i went out to plug in the truck because the morning before the diesel didn't like the cold mm -mm. so we plugged in the truck and the cord was so stiff I thought it was going to break. <laughs> and then your fingers got stiff untangling it. <laughs> oh, my God. But in the morning, I told Steph, go get your coffee cup and start the truck. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and at that my... time, it was negative 19. Actual. And there was probably a 40, 50 mile an hour wind. It was crazy. That was brutal. But there were people out on Lake Gogebic because the cabin's right there on the beach in their fish shacks. And there were a couple of them in hub styles out there. Mm-hmm. I got to believe that's got to be noisy with a, that strong of a wind whipping by a hub style. But they were fishing. And uh, it was snowmobiles racing across the lake. But people were getting cold, and it started taming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, we got up on Sunday morning, and we drove back and hit our favorite uh, restaurant in St. Ignace, the truck stop on US2 there. Yeah, great food. And had a chicken dinner that was unbelievable. And then uh, made our way back downstate, got stuff dropped off. and With a pile of snow in my front yard. <laughs> yeah. And a pile yeah. of snow in your yard. <laughs> it was so bad when I got home, I had to park in the street. And in the morning, <laughs> I went and dressed up in a suit, ice suit and went out, got the commander out of the trailer, hooked up the plow and plowed my drive. Just and I had to plow the yard to get the trailer in, <laughs> folks. I want to remind uh, you again: dress appropriately for the weather. Uh, our ice suits served us very well when we were out there in Minnesota. Uh, we didn't risk them on Gogebic because there's certain days when you should just stay in and have a beer, yeah. especially if it's your buddy's birthday. Play cards, drink beer, and. Oh, yeah. We had a great time with them, and uh, it was all a good, safe journey. We didn't even break too much stuff. No. I think I lost a couple of jigs. That was about it. Yeah. And uh, what we did break, we were able to fix my uh, power cord. That was awesome. Yeah. So uh, big thanks to Bill out there. We made sure to give him a pile of jigs for helping us out in our in our hour of need. And... Uh, we just had a fabulous time. So if you guys get the chance to take one of those adventures, make sure you pack everything you need and, and go and explore it and explore the local bait shops there too. Because if yeah. that lady hadn't told us to switch lakes, <laughs> we might've had a lot of fun riding around that lake, but not a lot of fun catching. <laughs> so, Hey, when we come back, we're going to take another short break. We're going to talk about, couple upcoming tournaments that are going to go on and some other adventures that are planned for yet this winter stay tuned we're the mi ice guys hard water fishing in the great lake state guys when you're out on the ice do you protect your eyes the mi ice guys have partnered with costa del mar sunglasses made in america made by hand the thinnest glass technology sunglasses 100% UV protection we love our coasts so much we took them to Finland to the worlds they allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before protected our eyes in the blowing snow and kept us looking good on the ice made in America Costa Del Mar sunglasses get them online get them at a local retailer near you remember tell them the MI ice guys sent you in you need the best hey guys we're back and uh you know, fresh beverage, time to uh, talk about f- some future plans. And uh, I, I, we got some cool stuff coming up. Now, you guys have heard us talk about the NAIFC 
pretty much the whole time that we've been on the internet talking on our podcast, uh, our friends, Chad and Anthony are multi-year winners of team of the year and several years, I believe of the championship. And, uh, they're, you know, Steph even used to compete. Yeah. Quite a yeah, bit. Back, and, uh, back in the early days, quite a few um, years till work got in the way. Work got in the way and then life changes and all kinds of things. Well, oh, yeah. even with COVID this year, the NAIFC is coming to Michigan. Hooray. They are going to be at Houghton Lake on the weekend, I believe, of the 20th of January. I believe it's the 19th, 20th, 19th. and 21st. Yeah. So you can red register if you go to NAIFC.com if you want to compete. And they got some big prizes there. And yeah. it is an eight and eight tournament. That means eight bluegill and eight crappie are turned in by a two-man team. Yeah, you want to be there Saturday night to register and go to the rules meeting. Yep, there are certain rules, some of the highlights of which is that, you know, you guys got to be together, fish together, not one guy on one end of the lake, one guy on the other end of the lake. Mm. Uh, you got to stay, what is it, 15 feet from other teams? Yes. And, uh, you know, you can't violate any Michigan state laws while you're out there, so... Uh, Check on the regulations. Make sure you got your ORV sticker if you're taking a buggy. Yeah, the Friday uh, night up there at 7 o'clock, they do a meet and greet, and that'll be yeah. at Lakes, Lakeside Resort and Conference Center up there. Yeah, that, and for those of you who don't know, that's on the west side of the lake, I believe, That uh, on like the old highway. If uh, you take 55, you get to the big stoplight, turn north, get up there. And uh, we're planning to be up and around there hanging out and stuff. Uh, we're not going to compete, but we're going to help with uh, some of the administration of it. But we're also going to do some fun fishing while we're up there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to be staying over to my deer camp and trailering the commander over. We Steph might even bring the uh, Outlander with him. He's got to make up his mind on that. But uh, we're going to have some adventure and oh. scour that lake, find some fish, have some fun. So if you're out there and you see any of the guys in the USA suits, say hi. If you see me in the blue commander driving around the lake, say hi. We'd love to hear that you listen and where you're from and what you've been catching. It, a good fish story is better than a sad tale any day. So we're going to be looking forward to that. Uh, like I said, NAIFC.com is the place to go get more information about it. Uh, also on their Facebook page, I hear they have quite a bit of uh, information still. I don't do Facebook anymore. Uh, but it there's uh, going to be a lot of great fishermen out there. They might be a little tight-lipped and not tell you any stories <laughs> until after the weigh-in. But after the weigh-in... The stories go. They'll tell you everywhere <laughs> on that lake they caught fish. They'll lay it all out. Because they're all going home. <laughs> they're going home or to the next city, and they don't, <laughs> uh, the they don't care. Yeah. Uh, but beforehand, they might be a little tight-lipped. But oh, yeah. 
since we're not competing, we might tell you what we know. But that's going to be a great event. Um, Steph, you're planning an adventure with your brother Dale in addition to the Saginaw uh, chugging for walleyes. You guys are going munising. Yeah, at the end of the month, we're headed up to Munising to see our buddy uh, Corey Merriman. Uh, he lives up there, so he gives us fishing reports and ice conditions mainly, too, so he knows when the ice gets safe, and that's that last cold snap really locked the bay up up there for him. So they are on the perch and getting some nice ones, too, with a couple of 14 inches. So they're getting taxidermy bills. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and and uh, they Pick off some, some splake, uh, splake yep. and uh, an eel pout, maybe? Yep, some eel pouts, and occasional coho. Wow. So there's a little bit of everything moving through that that bay up there, so it's a good that's time. That's an adventure. And then that same, same weekend, I'm putting together our annual uh, Boy Scouts Day on Reed's Lake. So if you've got a young fisherman that you want to bring out, whether they're a scout or not, Bring them on out and join us. We're going to be, you know, helping the kids out. I'll have plenty of bait. I got a thousand spikes, so we're going to. Yeah, uh, plenty of fishing poles. We got some poles. <laughs> if you're bringing a kid and they need equipment, please drop us a note on the Ask an MI Ice Guy so we make sure that we have enough equipment uh, to get out there. And we're going to have a few of the other pros out there. I think Big John Sitka is going to join us out on the ice and uh, help us out. He's a great grand. He's an awesome grandfather. He doesn't want me to call him a great grandfather. He says he's not that old, <laughs> uh, but he really knows how to have the patience with the kids. We're going to have some flashers there. I bet if Jake shows up, he's going to bring a camera and probably a live scope. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be uh, showing off some of the things. So if you got kids and you want to come on out, reach out to us. Let us know. We're going to have a great time. Uh, we've also got a couple of the sites picked out to uh, the people have invited us come fish with them. Uh, we're setting up the date for one down by Jackson. Got another one that invited us over by Muskegon, and uh, another one that uh, he's north of Lansing. So. I think we're going to have a great time with some of that. Um, and we're going to bring some presents and stuff. Uh, you, know, you never know. We might have some goodies to give away there in Houghton Lake, too, if you run into us. Oh, for uh, sure. Our sponsors, Kenny Tackle, uh, provide us with a pretty good collection of jigs. So we're going to share them out with you guys. Make sure you fall in love with the Scandia line of lures and that when you go shopping, that's what you buy more of because well, Scandia and toxins catch a lot of fish, catch a lot of fish and they're not lifetime guarantee. Okay. Oh no. Fish, eat them, steal them, pike, take them, cut them away. So you got to have an inventory. <laughs> so we might help you out a little bit with that inventory. Maybe get you a color you don't have. And if uh, it's not too windy and it's a nice day, we might even show you some tips on uh, tying, especially those horizontal jigs. There's a, a method that we use. That one of these days, Steph, we got to figure out how to videotape that good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because there's a way to snell on those hooks that makes them hang perfectly horizontal. And when we show people, they're like, well, that's easy. How come I never thought of that? 
That's what we're here for is talk about that kind of stuff. But anyway, guys, we're looking forward to a great couple of upcoming weeks here. And probably as we get into early March, we're hopefully going to maybe organize up another day out on the ice where we say, all y'all come. Mm-hmm. Come out and hang out Made with us. us and we'll fish. And uh, do a bit of a meet and greet on the ice. And love to see you guys. Love to hear from you guys. If you ever have a question, make sure that you use the form on our webpage, miiceguys.com, to ask an MI Ice Guy. And it goes out to the bunch of us and we'll write a response back and tell you what we think or what we know and help you out because that's why we do this. We love talking about fishing. You might get three or four different answers and you can pick your best one. <laughs> yep. If you ask about flashers, you get the Vexlar guys, you get the Markham guys. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Garmin team. <laughs> so uh, whatever you got, I'm hoping that you get out fishing. Be safe out there. And maybe next time Steph will have a new recipe for us too. He's been working on some things. <laughs> And I hear there might be crappie pizza in the works. <laughs> We're the MI Ice Guys. Be safe on the ice, guys. You know, there's no such thing as perfectly safe ice. Talk to you soon. Guys, be sure to check out miiceguys.com. Not only do we have our past episodes available for download, but we also have some recipes, our ice map and some great product reviews, as well as some tips and tricks that you might be interested in. You can also follow us on Facebook, but remember, the source is miiceguys.com.